Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, host as always, um, with the exception of last week when it was Bowd. Um, but Bowd has a cough and uh, may, may be dying. He's had that cough for about two months. He's had it for about four months. Um, oh, can, you know, best of wishes to Bowd um, with his cough. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Oh, yep, off to a bad start with the, the, the death-related stuff. Um, but I'm sure we'll pick it back up. Um, it's a pleasure to be back. Um, Lou McCaffrey, you were on last week. Um, I was, yep. Um, did you get everything off your chest that you wanted to do last week? No, not even a little. Um, so you've got plenty to say. This is it. This is the main event. I've got my sweatbands on. I'm ready to go. Ready to rock. Uh, we are Chris Armani, um, back in the fold. Hello. He's the Ayer of... Um, no, he's not the Ayer, I say. He's the McGregor. No, he's really <laughs> offended by that. He is the... He's Chris, Chris Armani. Thank you. Hi, Thank you. Chris. He's a one, he's one in a million. What an intro. What an intro. Terrific. Um, we've nailed it. And uh, Christian Wolf's here as well. So, um, I, no, Christian Wolf, it's, it's a pleasure as always to have Sorry you. Sorry I'm a bit late. Um, yeah, you are late. And if I'm late for some, uh, an appointment after this, I might get shouted at. So, what I mean? You'll be getting shouted at in... Appointment. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I'm going for dinner. Yeah. So it's an appointment. <laughs> it's a date. Appointments, your doctor. Dinner's a date. Well, maybe, you know, it could be a date with a doctor. It isn't. It's not. So, there. Doesn't really work. Um, Anyway, Christian Wolf, uh, supplement extraordinaire. Give us a little bit of an update. Give us a little bit of chat about the supplement. How's it going? How's it looking? Yeah, update is that there there is no update since last time. Um, Edition 5 still out. You can go to 90minutesinc.com and download your free magazine with uh, premium content. Um, stuff about Celtic, stuff about grown up, grown up analysis. Grown up analysis. There's stats. There's tactics. There's history. There's probably some politics in there as well. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're looking forward to a new year, uh, one year anniversary now of the supplement. We're going to have some chats. We're going to have some discussions, gal, and we're going to come back uh, with maybe a little bit of a fresh product next year. A little yeah. bit of a fresh product. How much does this product cost? That is free. At the point of entry, and um, free at the point of exit as well. So you don't pay anything. You read it. Have I read it? Have you? Have, have you, I? Have, have you written you, something I, for it? Yeah. No, we're still waiting. I, I offered my services, but then I wasn't told. And then the next edition came out. I was like, I've been bumped. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure you're told. You are. Pretty told. sure we're busy. You are told. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, it's a it's a free product. It's it, it sounds terrific. I've certainly read of it. I think we should be charging for it personally. But um. Mr. Wolf, ninety minutes Absolutely, it's part of the ninety minutes cynic family. It's part of the brand um, brand recognition. T-shirts are coming twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen t-shirts are coming. Let us know hit us up on Twitter if you would uh, purchase a ninety minutes cynic t-shirt. Hit us up. I coasters. Can, I can get coasters, glasses, badges, badges, fire extinguishers. Samani's wearing a terrific uh, Tour de France t-shirt, a Kraftwerk t-shirt. It looks terrific. We could have that only our faces on the bikes. And we could call it Tour the, the Lads. Po- the old Kraftwerk lads might have an issue with that. Tour the podcast. Tour the podcast. Tour the podcast. And Ralph and Florian. And we could talk. One of them's left, but they might not be too happy with it. Uh, a, a bit litigious, are they not? Aye, probably. Aye, yeah. But, you know, fair enough. Oh, mention should go to the fact that Louis McCaffrey has uh, got rid of his beautiful locks. Yeah, no, this was brought up last week as well. I've, uh, I've shaved, shaved the hair, uh, got rid of it. 
You know, it was taking up a lot of my time with the straightening and the blow drying and all that. You know. I haven't seen you since the summer. How long was it? Uh, it was up my belly button. So it was time to go. That's really weird. You have sacrificed convenience for attractiveness. Just so you're aware, I'm pretty sure by this point, we're four minutes in, I would have turned off. So, (laughs) to be fair, I've listened to some of the podcasts, at least (laughs) the first five minutes of the ones that I'm not on. They're usually pretty awful. To be fair, though, this this is going well. Is it because you're on them that they're good? No, it's just uh, I try and hurry things along. The the, the thing is, though, football on that, man, they've downloaded it. They've got it in their phone, and that's all I care about. Don't have to listen to it if you don't want to, but as long as you download it, that's the most important thing. Anyway, um, we are going to talk about Celtic. We're going to talk about football. We've got some interesting points to make, um, discussion points. We've got a lot of questions. I'm going to start first with Louis McCaffrey. That's me. Um, and I'm just going to ask, how are you feeling just now? <laughs> Uh, in relation to Celtic, in relation to football, in relation to Celtic, aggravated, okay, angry. Why are you aggravated? Disappointed. Why are you those words? Why am I those words? Because um, we're not very good, now and the performances haven't been very good. Right, I'm saying performances. Let's focus on performance rather than results, because everybody's getting, you know, everybody is obsessed with the unbeaten run. Um, and to the point now where people are happy with a draw because it means that we are still unbeaten. I'm not happy with a draw. I want to win, and I'm I'm really really sick of people on Twitter um, who constantly say, you know, if if you are criticising Brendan Rodgers, you need to get a grip, and you know, no one can say anything critical about Celtic right now because we won um, the treble last year. It's just ridiculous. I think our performances for the, you know, over a, over probably the last month, I think our performances have been quite poor. Um, again, we're just kind of touching the kind of base level at this point. Chris Amani, how are you feeling? Are you in the same boat as Louis? Do you take a different view on it? Um, do speak you, from the heart, Chris. I'm going to speak from the heart, Louis. Um, I, I'm going to take a wee bit more of a balanced approach and say that I think a lot of this is down to fatigue. I think the we've played what twelve games more than anybody else. Yeah. Well, apart from the handful of games Aberdeen and Rangers played in Europe, but we've played six qualifiers and six Champions League games. It looks like it's caught up with us a bit. However, I think what Sunday showed was that we have we've got flaws in key areas which haven't been addressed. And perhaps need addressed, um, but I suppose we'll come on to that a bit more. Right now, I would say I'm frustrated a wee bit more, but maybe more understanding than Louis. I, I do, I do think fatigue's playing a big part in this. Uh, Christian, thoughts coming in? I think Louis needs to get a grip. To be oh. honest, yes, get him. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I, I think I understand the frustration at the here and now in terms of the last few matches. Um, but I also think there is there is some some good reasons for those kind of performances, and Samani touched upon them there as well. We're going to come on to the hips match. Um, I don't think it's. I, th- I think it's a decent performance. We can talk more about it a bit later. But I also think any sort of project or any sort of you know development of a team, there will be dips. You know, even you know, you can't just say that 
if one match isn't better than the last one and so on, that's not to say there's not being progress made. So I understand the frustration in here and now, but if you take up a longer view picture of it, you know, these kind of small, very small dips will be natural. And I think Celtic is still in, in really good root health. And I think the winter break, um, once you play... come quickly enough. Once we played about 27 matches before Christmas, um, comes at a good time. And it, it did really galvanise and change the team quite radically last season. And I think, you know, Rodgers is already looking at that now. Um, just a question for, for any of you, and just, just a general point. I've read on Twitter some interesting perspectives from um, kind of both sides. Um, a lot of people... I, I kind of get Louis' point about you know, Brendan Rodgers not being allowed to get criticised. You know, the, there is a there is a sort of move, a Celtic movement on Twitter. And again, Twitter isn't the world, but in a lot of ways it's quite a good kind of measuring stick to where maybe a lot of kind of the, the, the crowd is kind of divided in certain kind of aspects. Um, there are people on Twitter who think that Brendan Rodgers is above criticism in any way or form, which is not true. You know, Martin O'Neill was not above criticism uh, you know Neil Lennon when he was a manager at Celtic, it was not above criticism. I've, I've, you know, criticised lots of managers that we've had in the past, um, rightly so. I've, I've criticised players, rightly so. I think at the time, I've had my opinion changed by players, which is great. Um, I'm not saying that Brendan Rodgers um, isn't fit for purpose. Um, what I'm saying is, um, it's okay to criticise him. Um, it's okay to question him. There are, uh, there's a certain percentage of our support who are almost put him on a, on a, on a saintly view. Um, and it's almost like he was nice enough to come and manage us. Don't upset him because you might drive him away. He's the manager of Celtic. He's, he, he's going to get criticism. I'm sure he, every, there's no football manager that's completely infallible. Um, is that something that kind of stands a, bit, a little bit with you, Louis? Is that maybe where you're coming from? That um, the almost people getting at you for having a criticised kind of approach because that Anderlecht game and we're not quite on that yet in terms of looking back at it but that performance was unacceptable yeah no I, I think it's I think it's unfair um, it's unfair from the point of view of any other manager like that Anderlecht game for example in isolation that I don't think Brendan Rodgers I didn't have any arguments with the team selection um, I wouldn't have started to be fair I wouldn't have started Armstrong I would have had in Chairman, but I can understand before the game. I understood why he done it, right? Why he played them. So the the starting lineup, I didn't have a massive problem with. Um, tactics didn't have a massive problem with the tactics, but the players themselves let they let themselves down. Their performance was way under par. Now any other manager, especially that guy on the wall, Mister Ronnie Dyer, I thought he, I thought he meant Larry David. He would have him been, as well. He would have. Been the one that everybody would say, well, it's the manager's responsibility. The player, the players play poorly, it all falls on the manager. Well, some of the responsibility has to land at Brendan Rodgers' door then. And it seems to be that there's this, as you say, this movement on Twitter. I don't even think it's a movement. I think it's just idiots who are so clouded with green-tinted specs that they can't see anything in a, a kind of non-biased way. Just accept the fact that Right now, I mean, as Christian says, every team's going to have their lulls and their dips. I, I get that. But you ha- it's it's not always rosy. Like, Brendan Rodgers, I think when it's when it's due and when it's fair, he should be criticised if he could do things better. 
my my issue just now is I think the team has regressed a wee bit. I think individual players have regressed compared to what they were last season. Is that solely down to the manager? I th- well, ultimately, he has to be the one that takes responsibility. I mean, if you look at Tierney, is there's an argument there for Tierney being bummed out, right? And I get that. that that's that's fine. That's fair enough. And he's not got anybody, really, that can take over from him for a few games to give him a rest. You've got centre-half pairs that are constantly injured, but players who are constantly getting found out as well, like Boyata, who can't play a 10-yard pass. Well, like just yeah, I know. I did, ask, I did ask that, but we'll get to individuals. But just for me, I'm 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 very frustrated with it, and I think Brendan Rodgers is partly to blame. You want to say you want to come in? Yeah, just on the Twitter thing. I think what often happens on Twitter you, that you you see and you maybe react to the most stupid comments that's there. So there there is people on Twitter who's moaning about Celtic who doesn't have that. You know they're not able to see, you know, appreciate the kind of position that the club is actually in now, and how good they actually are in, in a long term perspective. So I think a lot of what happens on Twitter is that you react to the worst opinion that you see, rather than, you know, you know maybe you, you forget and you look out, you know, maybe don't pay as much attention to the more moderate criticisms, criticisms as well. But so it's very much a lot of black and white on Twitter in terms of you either really for something or really against something. Um, and in the middle, that's where we come in. We have our grown-up analysis. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think... I also don't think, you know, inside the club... I, I think Brendan Rodgers is, is pretty good at allowing critical voices within inside the club. But I don't think that's... A, you know, I think that's a, a staff and a you know a management staff that kind of knows that it's not working uh, 100% at the moment. I think his... Roger's comments after the games and, and things like that, you have to put that into perspective that he's he's very deliberate what he says to um the press and how he wants to play them and, and so on. So I think it, so he said you know, he said some things about the the hips game and stuff like that. But I think they're fully aware of, you know, that there's things there that they're not happy with. Um but again it's again you end up with, if you sit like we do and analyze every game for, for 90 minutes it's easy to overanalyze things in the here and now and maybe forget about the long terms but, so, but, but so, at the same time can we not always say well does that result doesn't matter let's focus on the long term because at times sure. I, I think you know I've, I've certainly um, you know I know again I know I'm mentioning Twitter but social media in general or even talking to people and work and stuff when I start to uh, cynically like it the name um, like can maybe look at perspectives where we're not working or where I think we can yeah. do better within a specific game um, and then people there's a lot there's a lot of people who turn around and said oh what are you complain about what do you want Brendan Rodgers to leave it's like no no I, I didn't say that I was just analysing the match we just had where the match against Hibs our entire defence to a man capitulated and to the point where you know th- there are th- there are problems with our midfield which I think is plain to see and we've got strikers who are not scoring goals it's probably more about how where you pitch the criticism and, and, and put it in the in it's the usually, it's usually this hey <laughs> ever, ever. no Oh, off to a bad start with the jokes. <laughs> it's all right. That's okay. It's not bad. <laughs> um, no, I, I completely forgot my train of thought after that. Because I dominated you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> with your high pitches. Okay. Um, 
just to touch on some of the points made about what Louis said about Dyla and how he would carry the can oh, is probably it's it, it it's true, right? But what I've said and what I stand by is Dyla was judged in Europe and then eventually on that semi final. Rogers should be judged in Europe as well. Now, this season I didn't see Okay, qualifying for the Champions League is a big thing, and he's done that twice now fairly comfortably. Apart from their wee performances mm. in the second playoff. Like, <laughs> and almost players. getting knocked out. Fairly. No, no. Aye. I thought we were quite comfortable the last 20 minutes against Bersheva, although it didn't seem like it at the time. And we were never in any real danger against Astana. So we'll put that there, right? But in the group stages... No, no. <laughs> I was shit myself against Fucking Astana. Box on the ropes. Not really, but not really. When you actually looked at it, you were shitting yourself because of the, the, the way that we conceded the goals. But in yeah. terms of... But though, it doesn't matter as long as you get right. through. So we got through. Last season, it was like, okay, first season in the Champions League. I thought it was a poor campaign, but you're prepared to say that's fine. This season, I didn't see any progress. Now, the 3-0 away in Anderlecht was a bit of an anomaly. I think we played poorly in the first half. And then in the second half, I think... And we the late were at the, the lowest ebb. Oh, sure. Them. But we still beat them 3-0. And I think what was apparent in that second half was we had a level of confidence that we've not displayed in any other game. So, in terms... I think we've... If you're being... I know we qualified for the Europa League, but we pretty much stayed still in terms of points gained in the Champions League. You know, I don't think there's been much progression, right? One of the problems that's been heavily apparent is our ability to defend. Now, Christian's made the point, you need to look at the long-term picture. But you can look at history with Rodgers in the Champions League with Liverpool. Two wins in um, 16 games, I think. Now, Christian again... Two wins in 18 in the Champions League. He's a Liverpool, Liverpool fan, and he said Rodgers shouldn't have been sacked at the time. Okay? Yeah? Yeah, no, I... I, I, I know you're happy with Klopp now, but... Yeah, but you said he shouldn't be sacked because I, I was had the same goal. I think he's okay. So he did well. But what we've seen in that campaign and what we see now is we've seen no evidence of him able to uh, build a team that can competently defend in the Champions League. Even when he when he was in the Premier League and in the season he nearly won it, there was a lot of shootouts. There was a lot of goals, conceding goals in rapid fire, like he's doing. You know, Crystal like Palace do. away. Yep, conceded three goals in the last sort of twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, so I'll not, I'll not, I'll not keep talking anymore. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, he's going to need to address that. He's not done himself any favours by coming out and saying, "I defended one time at Swansea and I hated it that much. I'm not going to do it again." I don't want to hear that when you're at the end of a five-one scudding, um, aye, seven-one, whatever, however many goals you know we conceded, and in his tenure, he said four of the worst European results I've ever seen, four now, of the worst in our history. Yeah, Red Imps and the Scuddens we've had off Barcelona and PSG. Now, I would tolerate that a bit more if I thought you're going to get it right next season, and he might. I'm not hanging him out to dry here, do you know? I love Brendan Rodgers, I'm sure yeah, we all well, do. I think we, we, all love, we all love he, Brendan Rodgers. We think he's the right man for the job. However, do, you want, do you want to see that next season? I don't even know it's as simple as a case of, of replacing the centre-halves, because the way he's set up and the way he wants us to play always seems to carry that risk for me at that level. Domestically, it's going to take care of itself. right? But what we had during the week against Anderlecht was a game... It was in the press. Let's, let, let's, this will be the barometer of where we are, and we're not where... We should be? We sh- well, we've not progressed from last season. you got a wee point, Hen? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. 
Um, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Sarmani. I think the um, I think we've had a good ninety minute performance against Bayern at home. Yeah, and I think we had two good forty five minute performances. Um, forty five minutes against Anderlecht because the first half was pish. We played well in the second half. Growing up analysis um, there. Yep. <laughs> and then we were we were better uh, in the second half against Anderlecht last week. But the first half was a diabolical. Yeah. So that's it for performances in, in the Champions League this year. And I think the Champions League, sadly, this year has been more about Brendan Rodgers' ego uh, and his place in world football, trying to prove that he can... Um, I mean, he, he he's essentially going to hate, brother. He's essentially setting us up. I mean, I, I'm no I'm no getting pumped seven one again. It's not happening. It's not up to that, you, Louis. That sort, that, <laughs> it, might, it might happen. That, that sort that sort of thing, you know, that's kind of not willing to be pragmatic, not willing to change tactics, and wanting to fight fire with fire against teams that are on a totally different stratosphere than us, and you're. We're getting destroyed. We're getting absolutely humiliated, and it's more about his ego, I think, than anything else this year. And I find that disappointing. I don't think the team was put first in games. Wait, what? what? And then it comes to the Anderlecht game, where, as uh, Somani says, that was a chance to really prove that the three 0 away wasn't a fluke, and it wasn't just more about them being in disarray than it was the fact that we were actually good on the night. This was a chance to prove it to make a statement before we bow out of the competition and what do we end up doing playing absolutely shockingly in the first half it changes its second and we're still weak we just look weak what what, what I'd say my key point for um, for all this would be that I really don't look forward to European games anymore uh, I have this this campaign Champions League campaign has been horrific now, people will turn around and say, look, we were given a tough draw, and we were given a tough draw. There's no doubt about Maybe it. Maybe the toughest. Maybe, yeah, absolutely, right? So, absolutely understand that. Um, there are reasons what happened happened. Uh, PSG, we got as our group uh, pot two team, which is unlucky as fuck. But when have Celtic ever got a lucky draw? Um, and, and that's the thing, like... Any manager coming in would have got that draw. We were, we're always going to get the tough draws. Um... After that first game against PSG, I did not look forward to any of the games, and it's just been a nightmare ever ever since. And that's where I'm at. Um, and I, I literally, I don't, I've not looked forward to a Champions League game this this week. Now people will be probably listening to this thinking, "Oh, what a lot of nonsense! What a lot of shit! You, you want to play in Champions League and you want to test yourself." And it's like, yeah, but when we set up, when we scored against PSG in Paris. Um, even then, I thought we're still going to lose, but it's just by how many, and that's really disappointing. If, not, if nothing else, to, for, on the base of being a football fan, knowing you're going to lose is really disappointing and sad. Anyway, sorry, Christian. So let me present a case for the defence. Uh, the actual defence or the defence of? Oh no, what I, just I can't said. really present a case for for those guys. Okay. Um, but I think there's two things. One is, Samaria says, Rogers is, perhaps rightly, and, and dialogue before him, judged on his you know, performance or results in, in, in European football. So, 
So what you're asking of the manager there, any Celtic manager, is to be judged on first pretty much four games in qualifying because you're always going to get through the first one, and then maybe four to six games against in, in the group stages. So maybe you get two against a team that's super rich, super club that it's going to be difficult anyway. So if you're asking a manager to perform on such a small sample of games, stats so on no samples. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's. In almost a knockout competition, and especially it comes that. So if if you're asking them, okay, we're going to judge you on this very small sample of games, then when he achieves those results, which he has, he's qualified, he's true to Europa League, it's a little bit going, see that performance against that team? Uh, I don't quite like that because it's, it's, you know, you can judge somebody over a league season on performances and so on. It's such a small sample when it actually achieves what he wants to do. You have to say, you know, it's ticked a box there. And the other point is, you were saying, oh, you know, Lillard doesn't like to get points 7-1 and stuff like that. And I agree with you that it can be demoralizing. And in the long run, they're not for any good. But I think Roger's been pretty clear that he wants to play the Celtic way. He wants his team play a certain way in Europe and not take that pragmatic route and try just to shut down shop. Um, I think you saw a comparison is in, in terms of Neil Lennon, who, who got some really, really great results in Europe, especially against Barcelona, but basically, you know, playing in a way what I did against Celtic on, on Sunday with Hibs. You know, it's, it's total pragmatism. It's getting, taking a really decent team and making them do really defensive structure. And, and Rogers is saying, no, I'm not doing that. There's a middle ground. There's a middle ground. It's to do. I don't know if... I think it, I don't know if you, if you want to play a certain way in Europe, even with the financial gaps there now, maybe that's just a process Celtic has to go through again and again. We're never, never, never going to do anything, though. I, if, well, if we, if we, well, a month ago, Celtic did that for a large part of the game against Bayern Munich. They were, that was, you know, I think that's the yardstick. I think that's probably the best game they've had all season in terms of their competition and yeah. and, and, and and competitors. So you could say, again, a Bayern, they're, they're a Bayern Munich team. You can also say, look, I, I remember the optimism after the Bayern Munich game. Everybody's like, look, that's where you should play. Sure, they can go toe-to-toe with Bayern Munich and you're playing our own way. That's a month ago. So that's why I'm talking about the but, long-term perspective as but well. But see, pragmatism, right? Okay, so it's a word that's kind of banded about, right? It's just a case of uh, uh, somebody kind of nailed it better there. Um, finding a common ground, a middle ground, right? So we can play that way. Uh, the way I would see it is, see, coming out and playing the way that Rogers wants to play at home, I think, you know, we'll get the odd 5-0 pumping, maybe, of PSG. I can, al- I can almost accept that if we try and play... The Celtic way at home to in front of our fans to showcase we thingy. I think the fans would accept that, but it, it would just be setting up a little bit differently away, because setting up the I, same way away, we are going to lose every not every game right, but we're, against the big opposition, we're never going to get. We might get the freak result now and then, but we don't. We're never going to get to that level of players because bigger teams than us get pumped in the Champions League. See, I just 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 to quickly interject. What you're saying, I get, right? I get it as well, though, to but be But there's fair. a level of pragmatism with the players that we have just now because there's two things, there's two things I think, that caused a lot of the pumpings. One, key personnel not up to the, not up to scratch. Two, a big one, confidence. When you saw a confident Celtic in the Champions League, when you saw the confidence oozing through them, you got a performance from them. 
against Bayern Munich at home. Bayern Munich weren't at full strength, so we, I suppose we need to put that there. Yeah. But it was a fairly confident performance. I thought some players really rose to the occasion, Forrest being one, and elect away. That in charge. Watch, watch yeah. the first half and watch the second half. The difference in personnel was purely confidence. And Cham was like a rabbit in the headlights in the first half. Then the quality shone through. He played that pass. In the second half, it was dictating. Scott Sinclair is the ultimate confidence player. And you saw what he did in the last minute against Anderlecht. But there's guys in that team that will not allow us to play that way. Boyata. I don't care what people are saying about his performances. He's never convinced me. And I don't think he's capable of performing at that level. The minute there's any sort of pressure on us, he folds. Yep. Gordon, I've often said, are we going to get better? I don't know. But if you're going to force him to kick the ball out, you know, to play football, that's always going to affect his confidence because he can't do it. And then you've got guys in central midfield like Stuart Armstrong, who I don't know if his mentally has got it. Callum McGregor. I still don't see him being a first-team player. I'm, I'm not going to get through the entire team and slag him. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, that idea of pragmatism has to feature when you've, you're asking players to do things that they can't do. And specifically with Gordon and Boyata, we'll never be able to. Um, okay, so I, think, I don't think it's been helped, as Samaritan says, by very simple personal mistakes throughout it as well and that could be a confidence thing as well but it's saying that Christian I remember you sitting there talking about individual mistakes with that man exactly it was was the same thing probably with some of the same most of the same players but I'm just saying that I don't think it's saying oh what should we go for should we go full celt away or should we go pragmatism people go we should just go the middle way I don't think it's that easy I think if you want to get to a certain level in Europe you have to go through and try and play your game even if you're team is not 100% up to it because otherwise how are they going to get there um couple of questions now we, get rid can, of them. We, we yeah well that's one we've got a lot of questions about who should be bringing but uh, something that's consistently asked we, we, we've got questions and I, I'd, I'd like to hear all your perspectives on this uh jamie at jamie 67 uh under slash um he always tweets and he's a, he's a good guy um asking now before i forget um this was yesterday so he's, he's got an early has Samunovic been shite this season I seem to blame Boyata a lot more than Jozo, and I don't know if it's justified. Now, before you answer that, we also have another question um, of similar ilk um, from Derek at the Boy Moz. Um, Always plenty of slings and arrows for Boyata, yet little or none are aimed at Jozo. To me, there really wasn't much between them on Sunday, and in general, really. Is it the only difference that Jozo has a bit of cult status due to firing Kenny Miller into orbit so he escapes stick uh, when due? There's a couple of those questions. Uh, so, Manny, I'll start with you. I'll keep this brief. Boyata makes more high-profile mistakes. Samunovic probably makes mistakes that are less noticeable. I've always had the feeling that Samunovic would be good against uh, with a more competent centre-half pairing. I don't have that confidence in Boyata. I might be wrong about Samunovic. I think he does perhaps avoid criticism. But out of the two, if I was to keep one, it would be Samunovic without even thinking. Is Samunovic one of those guys, um, you know, like, because he's injured so much, because he misses so many games, that it's almost like, you know, time you know time away, he becomes a better player, becomes a better and better player because he hardly plays as many games? I don't know. I mean, sometimes that happens. That happened with Baldi. In reverse, it's happened with Sviachenko. The longer he's out, the more of a diddy he was. I mean, that might come into the 
the the um, the conversation about Rodgers and how if Rodgers isn't picking him because he's supposed to have been fit for some time if Rodgers isn't picking him then that's because he's an idiot he's, he's, he's garbage he's rotten I don't think Sviachenko was a world beater certainly don't think his performances were any worse than some of the ones we've seen from Bayatinus as someone who's been incredibly critical of Eric Sviachenko what I would say is I don't think he performed as badly as uh, Boyata has in recent games. Boyata has literally looked like a deer caught in the headlights at times. He has crumbled under pressure uh, okay, and the he champ- doesn't like pressure. And the Champions League level, when they pr- because Anderlecht pushed us so high up the pitch, he literally had uh, someone pressing him almost all the time, specifically in the first half. Um, if that was Eric Sviachenko, would he do any worse? I don't think he would. Louis, thoughts on that that subject? Uh, Jozo and Boyata, does Jozo escape uh, criticism more than Boyata does? Yeah, I think he probably does. It. And it is partly to do with um, sending Kenny Miller into orbit, and it's it's quite uh, that's quite a valid point. It deserves this place in the team just for that. But I do ha- I do think he looks. I think Jozo. I feel as if he could be coached out of his mistakes, was whereas I think Boyata makes mistakes because of confidence in a way. Yeah. He he plays sometimes with too much confidence. I think see when he came back into the team after that long injury spell and apparently he was on the treadmill at midnight and all this. When he first came back into that team, he w- he looked good because he was keeping it simple. It was like what should have been done with Effie. Bring him into a room, sit him down and go, listen. Pal, you get that ball to your feet, you pass it to a player in green and white, and that's it. Just offload it, pass it, that's it. Did that pretty well on Sunday. Think Boom. About it. Don't do anything wrong. Just keep it simple, play the pass, that's it. Boyata done that at first, done it well, looked like a different Boyata. But as soon as as soon as he's given the confidence to take a few steps out of defence and try and play a, a a forward pass into the midfield, he can't do it. And I I, th- I definitely think he is in a, in a way a victim of his own confidence now. Boyata, I just don't think if we are going to try and progress in a meaningful way, especially in Europe, Boyata can't be part of it. And Yozo, I think. I agree with Samani in that I think he would be better if you had another quality centre half next to him. Could that not maybe be said for all of our centre halves? If they had a better centre half beside them, they would be better. But it's almost like we've got oh, yeah. the Keystone Cops. Do you know what I mean in, in, in defence? But then, but then this is the thing with I remember, remember Christian's start about Dyla and how many times we'd actually played with the same same starting eleven. Very rarely. It feels to it feels to me that it's the exact same this year, especially in the centre defence. Now that's mostly due to injuries, to be fair, but also in in the centre of midfield. I'm sick of all the changes that are going on. I'm sick of the fact that Encham was brought in, hailed as this powerful future of the club, a player who's going to take us to the next level in Europe, and then he's dropped at the team, brought back in, dropped at the team. There's no consistency. How can any player really, especially in the centre of the pitch, centre mid, centre back, how how can they build relationships with the person next to them and actually develop if they're not getting a consistent run in the team? Armstrong should not be anywhere near that starting 11. Get him sold. Get him out of the club. He doesn't want to be there. He looks absolutely hopeless. He doesn't look as if he, he, he cares at all. And that Anderlecht 
that and the late game was the last straw. Before I get, before I uh, get to Stuart, Christian, will bring in. Yeah, I think Louis makes a good point in terms of the consistency and the stability in, in, in centre defence because in Dallas first season you had, from a couple of months in, you had Van Dijk and Denier and they let in 14 league goals the whole season. Celtic has let in 10 so far this year. Um, and you can also, the point about having somebody really good beside you, I think that first Dallas season people were saying, you know, it's Denier who's the best player. He's he's the biggest talent. It could have just been, and since then he hasn't looked good in any club. It could be just because he was playing beside a really good centre so half in, 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 in Van Dijk as well. I think on Bayarta, it <laughs> it, and I mean this in, in mostly a good way. He reminds me a lot about F. Ambrose because F. Ambrose for ninety five percent of the time was close to a top centre half. He was a really good centre half, but he would had moments of madness that would probably spiral his confidence down and you had to take so long to build him up again. Bayata can do the odd thing offensively, but he doesn't do it consistently. I think both him and Yosu's biggest problems, and I think Yosu is a bigger talent, and I think it's a good point in terms of he's probably can be easier coached. There's not much leadership there. And, and in a way, it's Bayata because he hasn't played much in his career, and Yosu because he's quite young, and also hasn't played much. But at least with Sviachenko, you had someone that I felt was a more natural leader on the pitch. He was vocal. He was vocal. He, 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 I think he captained uh, Michelin when they won the league. He's he just have a bit more of a, a presence about him. I think maybe he's on enough to feel. So, and I don't think he's maybe Boyata and just Simonovic is slightly more talented, but I think he's just as good as them. Um, so uh, between those three, I don't think you know there's there's much to choose about. Um, but I think. As you said, there's been pretty much two and a half seasons where there hasn't really been a recognised centre-half partnership. Boyata Simonos is probably the closest. I don't think that's a central-half partnership you should try and you know put faith on going forward. I think Rogers need to do something within you know maybe two, three next months where he have to either get somebody in or bring somebody else in um, and try and get a consistency in the centre half because so that's the key yeah Christian oh he's pointing at him question for you oh, thanks because of his knowledge and that he knows stuff in that innit? <laughs> can we not just bounce at Boyata and get iron you tell me Louis oh. what do you think now do I'll, you get, I'll get a view in this or I'll, right, I'll come in hold on, I'll, hold on. Let, 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 you let two me, first go first let me put some meat he's in the beaming Christian is beaming what was <laughs> what was the game I played recently he looked and Motherwell at home Motherwell at home, yeah. home right. he did look very good he, he looked good he looked like the player who could step out of defence and play a pass the, currently what Boyata is trying to do and getting it very wrong I also think Aya would be a better partner for Yozo, or Yozo be a better partner for Aya than what uh, Aya and Boyata would be as a pair because of the fact that they both want to play out. I put it to you that Boyata should be taken around the back, and before we get Aya should be brought in. <laughs> no, hold on, I want to hear the man's report. No, let, let's I have hear a, the retort. He'll get. A, he'll go for about forty-five minutes. <laughs> Let, let, Christian, um, and let me make this point uh, Paul at Green and White Hoops should Ayer be given a run in the team Rory Price asks the same about Ayer um, Chris what's your kind of thoughts well bottom line is we don't know now Offer. no 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 <laughs> see this season 
see the amount of the amount of criticism that Beaton got um, for not being a centre half and being made to play there against Bayern Munich. Okay, some people criticised how he jumped for the header with uh, Martinez. Martinez, uh, yeah. yeah. See, he was bringing, see him bringing that ball out of the fence. Some he of the performances f- he's done when he's not under pressure mm. have been excellent because having somebody who can put their foot in the ball and bring the ball out for the back is integral to the style that, that, eh, Tyler, oh Christ, <laughs> that Rodgers <laughs> wants to play. Ayer is, because he used to be a midfielder or he was originally yep. a midfielder, is absolutely capable of the same. We don't know if he is able to defend to a high enough level or how his ability to cope with pressure. Does, does he deserve a run? Well, yeah. The only way you know is if the only way you'll find out is if you know. But I think we need to be careful in making judgments on players um, in games where they're under less pressure because our back line is able to bring the ball out, and if we've got midfielders essentially bringing the ball out from defence, that's all very well and good, and that will really help the team become forward. But we need to know if they're able. To defend. Sorry, so Christian will be able to tell us. He knows him. We don't know. <laughs> He's pals with him. Go on. Give us hope. Give us hope. I yes. It's, is this my answer, Louis? Uh, That's all you had to say. Thanks. Shock. Oh. As, as we were talking about there, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm I'm biased here, but this is this is a kid who's. who's Brim full of confidence in a really good way. He's he's got leadership qualities. He's tall. He's he's tall. He's, a big boy. he's, he's Norwegian. <laughs> Um, okay, now the <laughs> <laughs> so he he does have all those qualities that we say could be lacking in you. So and 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 beyond. And, and Sermani is absolutely right. I, you know, while I've I'm confident that he can step up and do that, he, he he would need a run in the team. I think if you and I think this is a really good time to do it because in terms of the season so far, I think Celtic has achieved what can realistically be hoped for in Europe. They already got one trophy. Um, they're going to win the league, and so on. So I don't think there's a big risk in saying now, let's you know look a bit more in the long term and think about what not even not next season because there's still a lot of the season to be played. But also I think it's a good point if if you want to bring him in now, do it. And I don't think he's at the moment any less of a centre half, even though he hasn't played that much than Boyat and Simonovic, even Sviatchenko. Now. If you put him in the team as a young player, he might have one or two of you know dodgy performances. I think Astana was a, a difficult for him, although I don't think he was anything worse than, than Bitton and, and Lustig was in, in, in the back three, which is a weird game. But I, I you know he, he was brought to the club like a big talent. He's I think he's got the personality to be a really good centre half. And he just needs the games. And I don't know I, I've always had this I don't know if Rogers is, is still a hundred percent um you know where he sees him because I I think it's still a bit weird that Beton was picked over him so many times and I think that was a case of Rogers saying I want experience there rather than bringing somebody young in. But then you look at Kieran Cheney, which is you know came into the team at a younger age than 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 Ayer, and fair enough, it's it's, it's a left back is maybe a bit less exposed on the centre half. But I think Ayer has a lot of the same qualities as Tierney in terms of having a really good confidence level. Um, he he looked, on the he, belters, and they have both have leadership skills. So I think, yeah, I, I mean, if if you're ever going to give Ayer a chance and a run in the team and make him break into the team, 
you kind of have to do it now because he's, you know, at some point he needs to play games. And unless he gets a proper run in the team now, you know, you know, he needs to go and play games. And I know, you know, it's in, in terms of the, the, and he says this to Norwegian media, when there is back, like the, the training he gets and the day-to-day working in Dura Celtic, he says it's second to none. He's, you know, he's so complimentary of, of Rodgers and, and the whole team. But at some point he needs to go out and actually play games as Samarin says, so we know actually how good he is as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he was out at Kilmarnock on loan. I think he played 12 games, 12, 13 About games. half a season, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was very good. Now, I only saw, I actually watched, I think, three games. Um, one involved, well, I think two of them were involving Rangers. Um, it's whatever games was, guy. Um, but there was one specifically against Rangers where he held the Kilmarnock defence together and you could see his leadership qualities and you could see him winning balls in the air and you could see him coming out with the ball now that was only one off one off appearance as we say we don't know how he'll fully integrate in um unless until he's had a run and he's game. still roy in that position yeah but i think he, at some point you just need to give him a jesus run. christ just when you think he's finished talking oh anyway you learned um, this by now i'm not joking uh stephen hughes asks evening gents Class act. Um, with six games left in December, do you think you would pick eleven to see us through, um, or would you rotate to keep us fresh? Stephen thinks that we haven't built up great momentum with regularly changing the team, which is what we've kind of touched on um, this season. So, would, so he would try. He would basically see out the rest of the um, uh, this year's fixtures until January um, with the same sort of team, the same sort of players. Well, how does that sit with you, Louis? Would you be similar to that, or would you think something differently? Um, <coughs> and take it even. Take it even to Stephen because he's always he's always a class act. I, I believe I did, but good evening, Stephen. Um, Jesus, Christ. I would. I'd like to see a couple of a couple of players come in and that team be the team consistently for the rest of the month so for example I would like to see um, I, I, I think Lustig is dying on his arse now and if someone if we could get Ralston back get him in there and give the boy a, a run of games um, I, I want to see Ayer in beside Yozo don't want to see Boyata in that team for a while so I want Ayer to get some experience Tierney has to play because there's just no one else. There's no other option. I want to see Browning and Cham. They should be the two centre midfielders for for the rest of the month. Um, and Cham should not be dropped for that team for Armstrong. I, I I don't understand how that's even possible. But anyway, I'd like to see us pick either McGregor or Rogic in that number ten position and stick with it. Follow up again question. for a bit of consistency. Um, Follow-up question aimed for Louis McCaffrey, I would imagine. Um, this question is from, uh, just one second, uh, Kieran, uh, at Kieran C 67 He's a good guy, he listens quite a lot. Um, what happened to Tom Rogic? What do you mean, what happened to him? <laughs> Look at that, come on. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm just, I'm asking the question, my friend. He's sound. He's there, he's ready. Many Hands has he got? Many feet? I don't. He's got four hands, mate. Four hands, eh? Yeah. feet. Feetless. Um, but again, a player who's not getting a consistent run in the team. Like, uh, and yet and yet Sinclair plays every week. What's the point? Sinclair's pish. Two goals. <laughs> Two goals, mate. Two goals, mate. Sinclair this season has been he's pish. N- he's, he's not been pish. How is he not? He's, I know. 
but how how has that happened? His form has dropped off. There's no question about it. How, He's ma- not how, been how many standout performances has Scott Scottson? How many sta- how many standout performances is anyone other than Brown and our entire team and T- Brown and Kieran Tierney out of our entire team? Name t- name players who have had standout performances. I agree with you, Chris. This and is James why, Forrest, this, actually, against this Bayern. Is, this is why I think there's a number of the players have regressed. I, I, I think there's a number of players who have not really started this year. Which this retired, season. maybe. They've been, pl- they've been playing oh, since oh, the first oh, week of July. Yeah, of, co- of course there's going to be an, an element of fatigue in it. I get that. But I also think they're not being helped by some of the decisions, like the lack of consistency with team selection. Um, he's rotated players at times. It's just, to me, when there's things like this going on, to just say that it's the, the, the players that's fatiguing, if it was any other manager, we would be critical of them. And right now, I think Brendan Rodgers escapes that a bit. When did it all start to go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when. When Paddy came off against Motherwell. Paddy's another. Oh. <laughs> what? Well, because because big forehands has been pretty poor. Paddy's not even really came back, has he? The League Cup fight. The League or, Cup or, fight that, or that hype and all that. Or a wee video that was made when he came back. Still no came out that dressing room. Him to remember the second half of Anderlecht? No. Oh. Was Tam playing? Aye, he was. Was, was he? he? Aye. Aye. Was he? Aye. Handed it. <laughs> after the game that. Aye, he was four hands. <laughs> uh, <but> what, <laughs> Aye, he was cruel. <laughs> um, right, to, to kind of just kind of focus on what's happened recently, uh, the, the Celtic-Hibs game, um, I think people have kind of went overboard with it. Per- that's all giving me my kind of personal point. Um, After that, go to Christian. He watched it again. Yeah. That's how dedicated he is. Christian's watched it twice. Um, I think people this guy, you know that, you know, did go kind of overboard with it. Celtic, you know, I kind of echo what um, Brendan Rodgers had to say. Celtic were in control for 70, 75 minutes of that game. Um, no, but, but, but what a shite comment, man. We were in control for it. Hold on a minute. Let me. Okay, let me make my. Were we not? What we had to bond, we were passing it about the middle of the pitch. That's controlling. When was the last time Celtic were exciting to watch? Anyway, so let me make my point. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, control, s- s- we, we yeah, absolutely we had, the, we had the most possession. No, but but Hibs didn't look like. Did Hibs look like they were going to score? Did it, we? They did twice. Sorry. No, I mean uh, before like, before we uh, it fell away to shit. The point is, we 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 oh, we, speed, we, speed, we, we we were we were we were very much in control, um, and then we did all the things that we've highlighted. Uh, Boyata being, you know, when he's under pressure, um, completely collapsing. Tierney and Lustig both needing a rest and being a little bit tired and being a little bit fatigued. And Jose Simunovic maybe not being as good. That all came into play. Um, what came into play is not new. We've, we've we've discussed it in this podcast, there's other podcasts, and people in general. You made the point at the very start. Celtic's failings are there for all to see. People talking about like um, you know it was such a fantastic game. I thought it was a decent game, with you know a ten minutes of okay back back in front, and you know Celtic could have won it in the end. And if Celtic had won it at the end, would we be so critical, or would we have just you know gloried in the fact that we you know we we won? Um. And, and and I'm I'm trying to look at this from a kind of 
because I get passionate and I shout, I shout the things in the pub and I think, you know, when we can see the goal, it's the worst thing in the world. But sometimes we do need to kind of step back. Uh, everything that everything that went wrong is something that was Hashtag highlighted. Shat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you want me to say? That our defence is utter garbage. Aye, it just is. say it. I did say it. Our defence is shit. Boyata and Simunovic are dreadful. Maybe not individually with other people, as we've discussed, but as a team, as a centre half pairing, they are. It's anyone thinks they can uh, can take us anywhere going forward is, is delusional. Anyway, my point is, uh, I thought it was a good game of football, and I'm not that disappointed having stepped back. But if it keeps happening, I might well be. The individual errors in that game were individual errors. Chris, Chin, okay, Chin, Christian, Chin. I I agree with Gal. Oh, having seen it twice, I think it was it's too completely different games uh, up to 70 minutes I as you said I think Celtic were in complete control uh, I was I was a little bit disappointed with Ibernian having said that I was actually a little disappointed with Lennon because he was very defensive in that game well, it, the play kind of reminded me of a little bit was Celtic against Linfield away. They, they basically Hibs had six people in defence um, when Celtic had the ball um, they were you know very very I thought they tried to high press a little bit, but they fell back. There's hardly any space. And I think Celtic had control. They didn't have too many chances, but they played until they created those chances in the second half. And they were a few inches away from being 3 0 with, with Sinclair's offside. So I think for, for 70 minutes, that was a good control performance away to one of the better teams in the league. What happens after 70 minutes is, is probably a, what is a little bit concerning because. Once Hibs actually got a little bit into the game and threw a little bit of caution to the win, um, and when Celtic didn't get the third goal, it was it was really chaotic in those last twenty minutes, and that doesn't bode well in in a, for a couple of things. One is maybe where was the leadership in trying to actually see out that game and control it when Hibs were coming back, and also the um, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's essentially it in terms of that chaos that happened in, in 20 minutes so for 70 minutes yeah I thought that was a really good control performance um, maybe not as exciting Louis, but I think it was what we talked about in terms of all the games they've played how London set this team up and so on but then you also have those 20 minutes individual mistakes again leads to goals against and then the team kind of sort of losing its head somewhat in, in those last 20 minutes Chris thoughts um I I think you're being a little bit harsh on Lennon. Now, I think out of the three games we've played against him, his tactics were spot on in the Celtic Park game. The game where was at Celtic Pragmatic. Park. I thought they were really they were really they were really good that day, Hibs. Not so much in the semi final. I think one of the main reasons Hibs failed to play on Sunday was Dylan McGeech was poor. Dylan McGeech's been a really good player for them any time I've seen him this season. He has been excellent, yeah. Um but no, he was giving the ball away fairly regularly on Sunday. I thought they were set up okay, Hibs. I do agree that we had all the possession. One of the th- reasons why we're having this discussion and why Louis ready to probably stick the nut on you is again we probably weren't clinical. You know, we we had a James th- Forrest. If James Forrest scores that yeah. chance, it's yeah, a different yeah. world. It's what well, we're also. I mean, the, the other thing. I mean, Lush to get the clearing off the line. <laughs> 
Sinclair absolutely blew it in the last kick of the ball, you know. So, I, I think the game, I, I quite enjoyed the game, right? And I was enjoying it more when we were 2-0 up. But those types of errors that we had... In the, in Some the of the defending one, was embarrassing. But it it was almost like there was little to no real pressure. And then it, we basically just gave them confidence. And what we've seen was... Guys who've made these mistakes, make them again on, on Sunday. Boyata, just completely, absolutely froze under pressure. Gordon at the very end as well. It's it's almost, These guys always seem to have the ability to mess up in them. Gordon's normal, normally when he messes up, it's that he attacks somebody at the edge <laughs> of the box, racing from goal. But I think what ha- we're playing poor as a team generally, but I think the players who are probably not good enough long term show up uh, when, with these when, games. when these games when these games happen. And just talking about Sinclair as well, you're absolutely right. He didn't kick his arse uh, for most of that game. Walker was giving it the usual, oh, he's looking for the easy pass all the time. He gets the goal when it comes off the post from Edward, and then he's driving at them, and he gets the second goal, and you're like, geez, there's Scott Sinclair there. Complete confidence. If he's not confident, he's not going to be the guy to drag us back into a game. But when there's a lift in the side... He's the go-to guy. John McGinn? No? Chris? I, Maybe. I enjoyed this battle with Brown. He, he was well up for it. Was, it was on Brown. It, it seemed like he had the job of actually marking Brown and getting up. He seemed him. to follow Brown uh, all Scott over Scott Brown was, you know, he had very he had a close count of how many times McGinn fouled him and he showed that to the referee every time. So I, think I, I quite enjoyed that game. I, I, yeah. Louis? McGinn? Thought McGinn made Brown look like a fanny on a couple of occasions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To be honest with you, um, okay. I thought that comment that Rogers made about that's him just protecting being, his captain, though, isn't it? I know. I, I get that, but at the same time, I thought it was a bit of a unnecessary slap down of McGinn, who actually was really good. And the game at Parkhead that Samani was talking about, McGinn scored and was brilliant. That he game. drove that second. Um, but I, 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 it was better. Than I, I thought the. I, th- I thought the um, I thought the Hibs game was that first half was absolutely dreadful, the dreadful first half of football. Um, it's you know I keep looking up there at Dyla. It's essentially Dyla. That the performances are now are like Dyla's team, but with mental strength. We don't get beat, but we don't excite you either. I did say I remember when Rogers was linked to us. I said. Is he a more expensive version of Dial? We've get, maybe he is. We've got one. That's one, a good thing, says Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we've got one more victory than the other team in Glasgow that are in absolute disarray. How have we only got one more victory than them? You're worrying about them for? I'm oh. not worrying about it. I'm just saying there. There's a team that are in absolute disarray and a mess, and yet we've only had one more win than them this season. It doesn't matter who they are. I'm just pointing out a team. Aberdeen as well, who have been patchy in terms of form. Now, yes, fair enough, we haven't lost any games. I totally get that. We've also drawn five. And I just don't feel as if we're putting in... I, I, I really feel as if the performances... And I, and I feel as if a lot of it is because of this stupid unbeaten run. I'm I'm over it. I'm, I'm done with it. I'd rather get beat, get forget about that thing, and start again. Because the performances are now are not exciting. And I know it's maybe... To some people, you know, winning matters more and all that sort of thing. But 
you you know, Rogers talks about winning in a certain way. I want to see us actually perform. See if we're performing well, playing entertaining, exciting football. Whether you want to call it the Celtic way or not, if we're playing football like that and we're still drawing, okay, like fair enough. But as long as we're entertaining, we're trying. See if we're just kind of plodding along, controlling games. Like <laughs> what are you doing that baseball? Piss off. I don't like um, that. Mar- at Mark underscore Celtic, uh, frequent uh, <gasps> listener um, and seems to be a terrific guy. Um, with five, we already have... Um, with five, we already have... We already have more draws this season than the previous um, three which we had last season. Instead of giving everything to win the league is the unbeaten run. Weighing on players' minds and the reason why we're drawing so much, you believe that, Louis? I think it is. I, I think it's it's um, it's hindering us massively just now. I think, Mark and, I, and I think everybody, manager, fans, players are all consumed by this thing, and I really don't think it's important now. But don't you remember the nineties? Um, sorry, Christian. It, it can become that in certain games. Um, I also think, like the game against Motherwell, away. I don't know if Celtic comes back to 1-0 if that unbeaten run is not on the line. It, it can be a motivator and it, it can be a bit of a... Of so it, can, a it can work both ways. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a, quite a piercing opinion. Uh, I think in, the league season so far is essentially a, a dialogue league season. Um, I think 38 points after 16 games is what Dyla had in his first season. He had 39 in his second season. But Dyla had the Dundee United game at home. He's not even at that. It's exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. So... So if, if, if anything, Celtics league season this um, this year proves how, how good Dyla actually was. Oh, fuck um, off. Oh, but no, I, I think it also shows how exceptional last year was. And it is, yeah. it is I think, you I know, think as we said earlier, Rodgers has achieved his, his goals for the first part of the season. He's qualified for Champions League. He's qualified for the Europa League knockout. He's won the League Cup. They're technically, with a game in hand, five points to clear the league. So we can talk about performances and, and players who's regressing. Which we should, and there's definitely scope for improvement there. But yeah, I, I mean, controlling a game is, is probably what you want to do in Europe as well, Louis. So I, I thought that was, I thought the first time to good for, gal. I'm up for controlling it, and you know, I, I p- think pissing about in Europe, I, I, I happily, I'd rather <laughs> take that than getting pumped seven one, no bother. I, but see, when we're in domestic football, when we're dominating life, usually. I don't like control the game. I'm sorry. I want to, I want to score some goals. I, th- I think. Uh, I mean, we will be all, all be clear that we're 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 happy with Rogers. We want Rogers to stay, obviously, and you know we want him to fill, fulfill Unless his plan. But he's he is going to get. Do you want Rogers? Did, 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 did I sign up to that public service announcement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. I'd, listen. Don't get me wrong. He's all right. <laughs> I, I'll. I'd, I'm a big fan of Brendan. I love the man, and I'm very happy he's a manager. I'm just not happy with the current performances, and I should not be criticised for having that a point of view. No, you who's Twitter. Gonna, who's going to criticise you <laughs> before you get on your Twitter? Um, Chris you. uh, Scott Brown has looked more unfit and error. This is from uh, Callum McCullough. Scott Brown has looked more unfit and error prone this season. Um, I thought John McGinn embarrassed him on Sunday, so he's uh, agreeing with you. Against him a couple of times. Is Brandon Rogers becoming too trusting in him in a similar way he was with Gerard at the end of his his career? Um, this kind of links in Christian's hit me on the fucking shoulder I knew he would be this links into something we were talking about on our, our whatsapp um, and uh, private whatsapp uh, no we were all talking about it oh you were on about, about um, Scott Brown and 
you know, Christian thinking he's actually becoming more of an issue than than not. Some Manbot thoughts? Oh, I think the idea that um, John McGinn embarrassed them on Sunday is patently untrue. I would yeah. say laughable. I mean, he had a couple of moments, but he didn't embarrass them on Sunday. I don't. I, I totally don't agree with that. Scott Brown isn't as good as he was last season. I wouldn't say. Um, I thought last season was the finest they had in a Celtic shot. And could say um, that for quite a few players, though. To be fair, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. But it, it was excellent um, last season. This season, I think he's been our most consistent performer. Um, probably a Tierney in the early part of the season. Um, I don't think Brown's had um, a proper stinker this season, whereas quite a lot of players have. Um, is he becoming more slack and more unfit? I don't know. Perhaps he was brought back for the Scotland games because um, he obviously gave that up to prolong his career and he didn't do that. Is Again, I think you could say this for a lot of the team. Is it fatigue that's creeping in and where his performances are dipping? I really think so. I don't think this winter break can come soon enough. The same thing happened last season, if you remember. But what we've had now... I mean, when's when's the last time that this Celtic team had a proper break? Yeah. No, and a I long think- time ago. So I think... The dip that we had in December started to come in at the end of November this season, and, and that's what we're seeing. Do, do Is Brown a problem? I think Brown's the least of our worries, and I still think he's performing to a high enough level. Uh, I, I agree. I also think he's a variety of different partners in midfield. So, you know, again, that can't help him. Um, the intensity in which we play can never be understated. Uh, the <sighs> fact that we are consistently on the ball, the fact that we're consistently pressing and always moving forward, again, should not be underestimated on the toll that will be taken on a guy like Scott Brown, who's who's the wrong age of 30, wrong side of 30. Um, I think, I agree with you, Chris, I think Brown's fine. I've been championing John McGinn for, since he was at St Mirren. Uh, he might be the long-term replacement. He's dynamic. He is aggressive which I like I like his aggression and I think that Brown liked having someone like that coming up against someone like that in Scotland I think he probably enjoyed that battle um again I don't think he embarrassed him um I thought it was a good battle between two professionals who you know again both both uh, sides of the scale in terms of one being really kind of old and one being you know young and I thought it, I just thought it was a great battle and I enjoyed it. I don't think we need to I thought Brendan Rodgers was Sticking up for his captain, um, and you know, he, as Christian made the point earlier about you know him having a little bit of you know Ferguson style psychology, he's not going to give them anything. Um, anyway, Christian, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, no, I, a I, point, I, not an essay, please. Well, that's a couple of points, but Samani says the the amount of games Celtic plays is is pretty ridiculous. Um, I think for you know, in, on the dialer they had at least twelve euro. Europe, uh, games in Europe uh, they got at least to the semi-final of, of both Cups it's the same with Rodgers last season they're going to play even more this season um, and I, in terms of any club in the world Celtic is, is among the clubs who, who, who play the most amount of games every season and you know, and they don't have the squad of some of the other clubs that, that play that amount of games so, so that is one thing in terms of the whole team and, and, and Brown as well I, I don't think Brown was embarrassed on 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 Sunday, I think it was a good matchup. I think he got the better of McGuinn a couple of times, but McGuinn, I, I I really like him. He he, he reminded me a little bit about McGregor uh, on Sunday in the way he was and he is aggressive. So 
I could I think he could fit quite well into the Celtic squad just now. On Scott Brown, I've we kind of had have had this discussion a lot of times. I think, and I don't think I'm not going to sit and say Brown has been playing badly. What I'm saying is that he's he and, and what he does have is always have you know the leadership qualities, that mentality, that presence on the field. That even if his performance is declining somewhat, is made up by those qualities. Now, flip side of that is that it also goes to show that if you took Brown out of the team now. There's not actually that much leadership left in it. You got Tierney, you've got maybe a little bit of Lustig, but other than that, Celtic is there is an issue there where you can't really whereas you can probably bring somebody in who's Brown's level in terms of performances, but if you took him out of the team or even the squad, there's a big gaping hole there in terms of leadership and, and just the presence of bringing the, the team together. So you're kind of stuck in a a little bit of a catch twenty two in terms of you maybe want to, in the long term, bring somebody in to replace Brown, but there's no obvious candidates in terms of having actually leadership skills on, on the pitch. So it's, it's a difficult one. And what, as we said in the WhatsApp, what is Rodgers' plan long term? Is Rodgers going to be there? Is he going to stick with Brown at the time he's there and don't think about a replacement? Or does Rodgers see as part of his plan and how long he's going to be there? Saying, look, I'm going to identify a player who will be Brown's replacement, both in terms of what he does on the field, but also actually being that leadership um, candidate in, in, in the dressing room. And the obvious candidate is, is Kieran Tierney, but I also think you need something, a bit more of a midfield presence if Brown goes. Uh, Louis, um, so we've got a couple of questions about um, the upfront striking. I had, I had so a point, mate. All right, on, on, you go, on you go. Aye, mate. John, he had a point. John McGinn. Let him make his point. Cheers. John McGinn. Let him make his point. All right, Gamble. Right, make your point. John McGinn. Ready made replacement for Brown. Get him in now. Stop messing about. Uh, we all know what's going to happen. You all laughed at me when I said that last week. It's evening. just a big tease. Get him signed. That, I don't know if you saw Michael Stewart's uh, tweets the day about... Um, this is, it was put to him, 1.5 million and Liam Henderson. And he went, no, no, no. 2.5 million. And then you start talking. 2.5 million and Liam Henderson for John McGinn. And then tonight he said, on reflection, after thinking about it, 3.5 and Liam Henderson. I think 3.5 is a bit much. We paid 4 million for Scott Brown. I know. But that was at a different time. Yeah, I, I think Now, I think, th- there's no way Hibs are getting 3.5 million. See the way, see the way it gives they give us a million and John McGinn for Liam Henderson. Aye, because he's class. <coughs> John I, McGinn, I'm not buying it. See, see, f- I'm actually going to take that <coughs> position, even if I don't agree with it. I'm going to take that <laughs> position just now, I, I just th- to annoy you. See, see, f- and you. I've, I've had it my whole life. The, the, <laughs> issue, the issue I have is that we need, as Christian says, or I thought, I think he was making the point. That <laughs> Before you drifted off. He's, he's, um, Scott Brown's importance to the team, not just from his playing ability, but his, his kind of influence on the team from a um, captaincy point of view. If we are not going to make sure we have something in place for when he stops playing, if we don't have a replacement to fill that void, then it's poor management, I think. Well, I think... And, and I- you can say that about a number of positions. I think Gordon is another one who should be starting to be phased out and we should be looking at a replacement for him that's going to be the goalkeeper for a certain number of years. And, and similar with Dyer, I think Kwasi could be that replacement on the on the pitch again. But again, 
we don't know that. Yeah. Um, until I get a proper run. Uh, just on the... Well, quickly, uh, Drummy Jackanovsky. If I had money, uh, I'd buy Stuart Armstrong a rocket for Christmas. He could maybe put it up his ass and see if it improves his performances any. What gift would you buy any Celtic player and why? Um, we'll get that. Maybe actually we might answer that next week because it'll be a, more of a Christmas themed show next week than it is this week. Um, but on the Dembele fact, uh, the striking uh, scenario, I'm going to come to Sermani. Um, yeah. Couple of questions. Uh, we've got Osney one six zero one. Why can't why can people not accept that Dembele is mailed ahe- miles ahead of Griffiths and that Griffiths is an average player? Not quite. Let, let me just uh, continue with another one. We have uh, Stuart Hamilton. Is Griffiths being frozen out? Um, this season um, and there's a couple other ones basically making the same sort of comment about Griffiths how would you think about the Griffiths scenario he's not really taken he's not been involved in the last three games um, I'd have Dembele in before Griffiths I fully fit on form Dembele but I think that goes without saying yep um, didn't you say that no didn't say it but I did um I think when he was playing his best football last season, which, sorry, when we played our best football last season, it was big when he was at the, the focal point of the team. Brings wide players in, brings midfield in, really improves our shape. Griffiths, I don't think, does that. Um, but, the guy, Griffiths scores goals. He really, he absolutely scores goals. And, I think there might be something going on behind the scenes. I yeah. mean, I think we've had sort of, you know, whisperings in the past of the relationship between Rodgers and, and Griffiths. We've seen last season when he got taken off and, you know, how he made that. He basically questioned his commitment and stuff like that. Another cynic was telling me there's something going on with Brendan Rodgers and Griffiths' family. He's not happy with well, something I, to do with. I, I, yeah, I, again, I mean, just speculation, I, but I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm guessing that because he's brought Edward out in from the cold. Now, I know he scored the half. thoughts on Big Eddie, come on. Oh, he's Eddie daft, obviously. Eddie, Eddie is just... <laughs> Talk to he's, me. he's just completely raw. I mean, there's, there's obviously raw. talent there. Raw, eh? but raw, Do you like raw? <laughs> Love sushi, this boy. I, I am a Big Eddie Murphy fan. Um, but he's... Do I like him? Do he, does he have the attributes that it could be? You spend an eight million on? <laughs> no, I'm not spending eight million. I mean, I'm not spend. I'm not selling. I mean, by the way, I think you uh, you, you were really talking down the price last year. Twenty million for Dembele with a premiership on the door. Oh, you listen to the show? Well, I listen all the time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I listen all the time and privately seethe when I listen to yeah, you. Yeah, so I think most of the listeners calling out calling out people for not coming on the podcast. How much? How much? You should come on less for the piss you talk, man. <laughs> um, Dembele for 20 No man you, you, you just He basically He can't play more than two games in a row It's not He pulls up with a hamstring So you've got You've got a whole, a whole host of clubs down there Who can't spend their money You basically go like that Hello it's Everton here We want to sign uh, Moussa Dembele And you go like that Oh he, he can barely play two games You can have him for 500,000 <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're in charge of the club No If we sell Dembele We should sell him well, should it should be tens of millions of pounds? He's a striker; it's a premium. We should take exactly what what we get. Not, all, not only does he get injured every second game, but when he does play, he can't stay on his feet. Do you like any Celtic <laughs> players apart from Tam, Rodrick, and Eddie? Because you even started to sort of like slag Tierney, by the way. Ah, yes. Yeah, so oh, there's nobody I, else to no. come in for him. No, am I going to spend eight million pounds on Edward on the basis of what he's shown so far? I don't think you can because he looks. It, it looks as if there's a player in there. Maybe I've spent it. 
Uh, Christian, your thoughts on the sort of forward line? And Eddie? I, I think... Yeah, it is a strange Eddie one. Is. I, I think Rodgers had... Um, and Rodgers and Griffiths had a little moment last season as well where Rodgers had some comments about his commitment and so on. Again, now, it's... it's you know, fair enough that... He's not, he's not, he had a hat-trick last weekend, he, but... It, but he, it, it's, it's not... Sorry, sorry to jump in. He's not played... He's not even came off the bench in the last three games. No, and it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's just saying here's 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 Big Eddie, let's give him a run. Uh, I as I agree with Sermani, like he's he's raw. I think is, is is the best word. I think you saw a difference straight away when when Musa came on. He's just a more intelligent and experienced player in in the, the way he the ball just sticks to him when you send it to him. I think it's the perfect focal point. He's, he's he knows how to he's a class maybe act. drop down and so on. So it I think it doesn't stick very well. Here we go. Oh, no, you, you, I've I've seen it twice. It it's it stuck. Um, no, I, I don't but, like him. Oh, I can't remember. I don't think anyone gets past marks no. for that. Like when game. Gordon but, hoofed it up, it never stuck to. But it's it's. I think it's one to keep an eye on because <laughs> there's a decision for Rogers to to make there. I think again, as with. The, the centre half there has been very very little consistency in who plays on top for Celtic this season there's been three strikers who's played pretty f- similar number Big Eddie's played a bit less but again you don't have really a, a strike uh, Musa is, is the number one striker but in terms of the, the rotation and then with injuries there hasn't been consistency on there and um, I think yeah. again that has maybe a lot more to do with your offensive patterns and the way you play offensively that you have that guy on top who is really important in that system and this consistency in, in what kind of player that is. So I, if it was me now, I would just put Musa in there until he gets injured in a couple of games. <laughs> um, I, I think, personally, I think uh, I think Griffiths is a great player. Um, I really admire him in, in, in terms of his determination to fight his way back into the team like he did. He started this, the campaign. Obviously, Dembele was injured and uh, Griffiths really was our focal point. Um, and so maybe this is just... Maybe they're just giving him a bit of a rest. Um I, I, I doubt it. Um, I think there's probably more more to this story than just him getting rested. But but we'll see. I think if it comes if it comes, you know, February, late February, March, if he's still not getting chosen as the number one or potentially number potentially one or number two, if Eddie's ahead of him come February, I think you know, I think he might go. Um, but you know, in in terms of where we are just now, Eddie is raw. I do like the look of him. I just don't think... I think we're on a hiding to nothing because we could pay 8 million quid for a wee guy who's just not fully focused yet and might not actually develop fully. Or we could end up missing out on him because, you know, PSG might just try and punt him with something. It's a, a, we're in a kind of sticky situation with, with Edward. If you if you actually want to see how good he is, you're going to have to play him, which is probably at the expense of Griffith's Celtic career. I think. Because if Griffiths doesn't want to play, if Griffiths doesn't play, he'll go. He'll want to go. So if Eddie starts every single game, even now until Christmas, we might see J- uh, January and Griffiths might go out on loan somewhere, or he might just leave. But that might be you're taking a risk there because you're you're you could potentially be getting rid of a, a goal score, a, a proven quality goal scorer for a precocious young talent that we don't necessarily know even if points to stay. You know, he might get back to PSG, and I know there's a deal agreed, but at the end of the day, it will come down to the player. And if he goes, no, nah, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to Glasgow. I've seen Glasgow in December, and I'm not really... I've spoke to him, he's up for it. 
Eddie Big Eddie. Uh, anyway, this is walk. I remember you're, you, you, you've you love you a like rate walks. You so you'll, you'll have to meet. We'll have to bump into him in town. We'll have to follow him on Instagram, and then you can just uh, <laughs> see his walk and go from there. Right? Okay, we're we're wrapping up. We've got ten minutes left. Uh, for these ten minutes, I want to talk about the Europa. Uh, you wouldn't want to embarrass yourself again, pal. Um, we will talk about the Europa League draw. So Celtic have been drawn against uh, Russian side Zenit St. Petersburg. Known fascists. Um, well, the fans certainly are. Um, uh, are just racists. Zenit Leningrad, we called it back in the day. Back in the day. Um, Christian, you've got some information on... Uh, from our Russian correspondent. Yes, Alex Lawrence. Um, part of the... You know, our tactics and stats pod, uh, so on. Um, known hipster tactical analysis. Oh, just fucking guy. start doing the analysis, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but he's, he's half Russian and he's, he's a Senate fan. And, and we'll have him on closer on to the, the tie as well. But um, I, 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 he's, he's kind of said what a lot of other people have said as well. Like he he said they watched him for 60 minutes yesterday and he's he almost was violently ill. He wasn't very impressed with what you see from the team. Um, that, sounds, that sounds like an overreaction. <laughs> yeah. Violently ill. I, I was almost violently ill. <laughs> How were they? Oh, they weren't very good. Um, and he says they're not hugely. He's, he's got great taste in music, Alex. They should there try having Boyata and Armstrong this team. But he, he, he says they are a, a bit more. They're not as good in possession uh, oh, this okay. season, and but they're a really good threat from from, from counter attack. So we'll get more from Alex on that point. I think it's I think it's a decent draw for Celtic in terms of the teams you could get. Um, it's the whole winter break issue with, with Russian team, Ukrainian teams. Um, I think they're a team that beat Rosenberg 3 1 at home, managed to scrape a Easy. draw, <laughs> managed to scrape a draw in, in, in Tron 9 with a, with a late equaliser. So, I think we won in Tron 9. I mean, they're a better set of players and a better team than Celtic just now, but I think there's, you know, it's. I think Celtic's got a decent chance. Uh, Paredes is obviously there. Um, he signed for twenty-three million pound from from Roma. Uh, I saw him a couple, quite a few times for 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 Boca. Um, didn't really set the header light when he was at when he was at Roma. Um, Chris, um, is that your opinion? No, he'd a lot. Fuck up. He had a lot of com. Sorry, a lot of competition in, in in the middle of the park for Roma. Roma have have. Have guys like Nangalan, De Rossi, and and uh, guys like Strutman and stuff, you know, in, in the middle of the park. It's the idea that he, he, he couldn't walk into that midfield isn't yeah. It, it doesn't doesn't say too much about him. He's, he's still as tw- he's he's still, when he signs. So. Yeah, he's, he's still only a young kid, really, in in terms of of, of um, experience. He's gone there for a big price tag. Um, Twenty three million pound. There's no way we, <laughs> I mean, our entire squad probably didn't cost that. Um, I don't really know much about in terms of uh, the, the personnel that they've got other than Paredes, if I'm being honest. Well, Rigoni's one of their top scorers and he's just made his debut for Argentina. Um, oh, right. He is one of the joint top scorers uh, in Europa League. Well, I mean, their uh, record in the Europa League this season, I think the, the most points. Yeah, the, most the top scorers. Uh, Sorry? Hulk? Is he not? No, Zenit? he's not at Zenit, no. Um... Uh, St- uh, Ivanovic is former Chelsea Chelsea defender oh, oh yeah um, she must be getting on a bit now though yeah uh, I imagine so uh, they spent 85 million pound, 85 million euros in in the summer again just ludicrous you know prices compared to what we spent um, how do you feel about it in general like do you think 
Uh, home tie first, 15th of February, away leg uh, thereafter. Confident? Um, uh, on paper, no, but the you can't underestimate the, the, the difficulty the, the winter break has for Russian teams. They will, I think they played their last game yesterday. Yeah. And the next competitive game they play is us. Um, I'm pretty sure Spartak topped their group last season or the, and then went straight out in the first qualifying round. Uh, I think, Ander, did Anderlecht put? Anderlecht put um, Zenit out last year. Yeah. Um, and the year before that, um, they were put out by Benfica. Yeah. Now, this is, this is any time they get into the knockout stages of the competition, they're caught cold. Whether we're going to catch them cold or not, a different matter, but I suppose it depends on how the team's performing at the time and what business we do in January. Could it have been a worse draw? Uh, yeah, but it's it's not a tough draw. They're, they're still. You think they're a level above Anderlecht? I've not seen them, so I can't say that. I would guess, yeah. Louis, would you kind of take of it the fact that you know Russia again and um, he's got a look? Going to say something positive. Like, look at you sitting there with your wee short haircut, all upset. You look like a sober, angry Dean Martin. It's, it's bizarre. Doesn't know who that is. <laughs> I know who Dean Martin is. I do, you fuck. Used to play for Wimbledon. <laughs> um, actually, at least this time when we get pumped in Europe, maybe will be watching it because it'll be in Russia. If we'd got like Arsenal or something, at least, I mean, it would have been all plastered across the telly and we would have been humiliated. At least this way. You know. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot, obviously we're just kind of touching on it at this point and we'll go into more detail uh, nearer the time we will have Alex on. Um, we'll probably just talk about um, guitar music sure. um, and then maybe mention something about Zenit. Um, but no, I think uh, it's a better draw than I thought it would be. I had had it in my head that we would have got Arsenal or Atletico Madrid or someone who probably would have given us a bit of a doing. Um, but the fact that it's a team that are on their winter break, as Chris Armani says. Um, we could potentially catch them cold. I don't necessarily rate Mancini as a manager. Um, I think he's... Mm, I don't rate his man management skills, and I think he's a bit tactically inept. Um, and so from that point of view, I think we can uh, catch them cold. Whether we can do it over two games um, is nothing. What is clear is that a clean sheet at home would be... Big advantage. First game at home. First games at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- with with a clean sheet, if we come, if we go to Russia with something to protect, um, even though we don't do that anymore, no, we'll not do that. But I, um, still, I think a clean sheet at home would be uh, would be so advantageous going into the second leg. That's an obvious point of view, but specifically going to Russia where it's going to be hostile and yeah, obviously that if there is a sort of racist element we want to stick it to them um but so we'll focus on that nearer the time that's the pod we're done the positive pod the positive pod this was pretty very ranty tonight very very we didn't even touch on the fact we've got hamilton tomorrow slash today um but that game should take care of itself i don't think we can go into too much detail in terms of breaking i think we'll control it for 70 minutes (laughs) He's such a fucking idiot. Um, anyway, uh, is it on the pl- is it, it's away, isn't it? It's a parkhead. Is it? Oh jeez. Uh, okay. Uh, I never knew that. I'm not going. You sure? It's too cold. Uh, and we've always obviously we've got Hearts on Sunday, but with Hearts on Sunday, we can talk about that on next week's podcast. Uh, so there's got to be a podcast next week. There certainly is. I mentioned that already. 
Last one before Christmas. Last one before Christmas, but we're going to have we might have a podcast uh, over Christmas where we have a couple of drinks and have some fun. If you know what I mean, remember me, you, France, and some Annie did it that one year. Yeah, that was uh, a top rated pod. Yeah. Should we do a live one soon? Or um, yes, uh, we will be doing a live podcast soon. Uh, details Lobby to uh, we, prob- we probably will. <laughs> You've said that so many times; it's not happening. Nah, we, we we hope to do a, a podcast at the very start of 2018. Um, but we'll get back to you on details. We are the 90 Minute Cynic. Um, you can check us out on at Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. That's where we tweet out all of our links and details. Um, we have a wonderful website, 90minutecynic.com, that's full of um, sort of old archived um, articles and is home of the supplement as well, um, which is downloadable. Do, do, all of them downloadable yet or just. Uh, three out of the five versions are. The most recent one is, though. Yeah, the yeah. last. Two last recent ones. The la- one's about. Maybe recover from his from his death. from his, his his deathbed. He might be able to put other ones into uh, no. I think he's from I, as well. I think he's, he's on his normal. It bed. might be over. Okay, um, but no. Uh, so check out ninetyminutesonight.com for uh, some terrific uh, articles on the supplement, um, each with a specific specific theme. Um, if you want to look at some old uh, preview that Louis or Sarmani did, um, one probably about Juventus and Napoli, or one about um, Arsenal and Stoke. I'm guessing you did sometimes the English ones, didn't you, Lou? You did the Germany ones as well? Yeah. <laughs> I've done that once. Yeah. Um, yeah, 90minutesynic.com. That's the place to be. We're on Speaker, the actual podcast itself, speaker.com slash the 90 Minute Cynic. Check us out on iTunes. Search for 90 Minute Cynic on iTunes. We pop up. If you could subscribe, that would be terrific. And if you could leave a positive message, we'd be, we'd be more than happy. A little waiting, saying how much you like us because we're all genuinely nice people except Louis. Uh, if you've got any Twitter heat, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll forward the one to Louis. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, one, of, you're one of the Twitter people that can't <laughs> I'm only joking, of course. Listen, what? the whole point of the whole point of having a podcast is to express our opinions and see if people don't like our opinions, they can suck it. Yeah. But still follow us on Facebook and Twitter and such. Uh, no, check us out on, on Twitter at 90 Minutes and that's where you get our uh, Dates and deets. Uh, Chris Amani, a pleasure as always. Christopher, thank you for having me. Enjoyed that this evening. So we got we got it out. We got it out, Lee. Yep. This is cathartic. Well. You're going to feel better tonight. Yep. Yep. Cathartic. Uh, Till tomorrow. Terrific ending. Um, the owl. Um, the wizard. Uh, Louis McCaffrey. The I am many things. Baldo, as uh, we'll call him. Well, now. No, I'm nah, not going to nah, be that. Nah, nah. No, thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck to Stuart Armstrong in his future endeavours. <laughs> Terrific. Um, we'll touch on Armstrong next week. Uh, Christian Wolf. Sorry, I was late and didn't bring biscuits, um, but I hope your appointment goes well later. Wolf Alice. It's a band. They're terrible. Uh, I'm Chris Gallagher. Uh, we are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road.
cool my hopes like a juggernaut walks Now let down souls can't feel the rhythm Sorry entertainers like aerobics victims Hybrid people light a wooden matchstick Toxic fumes in the burning plastic Beats all broken bones are spastic Robots talking with a southern accent Voodoo curses, bible tongues Voices coming from the mangled lungs Some grit, some get down shit Don't need a good reason to let in for real Ladies come, so does the back then Like a laser manifesto make a mannequin melt I was phoning in like it's unlimited minutes Going through the motion just to see the ability Treadmills running underneath their feet So they feel like they're going somewhere but they're not So let's put boots on the warehouse floor Coming to you like a rope on the chain store Throwing equipment from a moving van Grab a microphone like a utility man Now fix the beat, now brace the rest Make a kick drum sound like an SOS Hear the tow truck, cause it's after dark And the dance floor is full but everybody's double parked Oh, mm-hmm.